Hey, what's up, everybody? That's my wife, Ross Aaron Martineau, over there. And that's my friggin' husband, Patrick Holbert, right over there. And you are listening to Who Cares About Ross and Patrick? Where we talk about sex, love, relationships. Whatever we care about. That's right. And it's about things people care about, news items people care about. Trash things that other people don't care about. Yeah. And today we're talking about trash and sex. This is a very... Interesting episode about the ethical slut and the Bachelor franchise. <sighs> Juicy. Yeah. Welcome uh, to our what? Oh, yeah. This is a sex podcast. That's right. That's a new phrase I'm throwing around. Welcome to our sex podcast. You know what I mean, baby? Who cares about Ross and Patrick? Enjoy. Who cares about Ross and Patrick? I don't care. Yeah, like who cares? They obviously care about themselves, but who else do they care about? I don't know. I'm not so sure. Maybe we'll have a guest or two. The world's going up in flames, so like, who cares? Who cares? We care. Gross. <laughs> well, everybody, it's August, the best time of the year, because Bachelor in Paradise is on TV. Oh, God, I'm so excited for Monday and Tuesdays every week. Yeah, this show. Six hours of my life. <laughs> it's a true shit show. True. And if you're a reality TV fan, you know that this is the creme de la creme. There's a contest aspect. There's a sex and love aspect. Yes. It, there's a host. There are many players coming and going. There's, there's wins. A, there's losses. There's strategy. There's a tropical location. Yes. Uh, and there's a lot of judging that we can all feel fine about doing. That's right. From the comfort of our homes. Because these people are idiots. Well, and, you know, this season... There's a lot, like, the past, well, okay, should we set, I'm just so excited. Yeah, let's get context here. <laughs> We're talking The Bachelor in Paradise, which is a spinoff series from The Bachelor, Bachelorette franchise on ABC. I don't want to be um, put in that box. Like, we may rant and rave about, yeah. like, b The Bachelor, Bachelorette in general. Yeah, we're going to use this as an entry point to talk about sex and love and dating in 2019 and how uh, everyone in this world, in this kind of artificial slash fake slash reality TV world are driving themselves crazy with yes. human emotions relating to sex and love and dating. And we're going to use that and as monogamy. A, yeah. And we're going to use that as a springboard to talk about non-monogamy, polyamory, life, marriage, all that fun stuff through the lens of Bachelor in Paradise. And supporting work. The Ethical Slut. Yes, yes. The Ethical Slut, the book. Uh, Which is the uh, sort of thought of as like the Bible of open relationships and polyamory. Yeah. Which I believe I need to look at this front cover. Hun, turn your phone off. We're trying to podcast. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry. I don't think that came through the mic. Um, Did it? <laughs> so you just wanted to like then shame me on the other side? Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I don't care. I just was like, crack. Guys, comedy, you know? Cracking yeah, jokes. This is a funny podcast, isn't it? Cracking jokes. Well, this is actually, um, we tell jokes and then we explain to you why they're funny, which, as everyone knows, who doesn't love doing that? Oh, yeah. Is the bedroom door closed so our dog doesn't um, destroy everything? I'm not sure. Let me, I need to go check on that because she just disappeared. Peggy? Where did you go? Well, I'll tell you a little bit about the ethical slut while Patrick makes sure that uh, Peggy's not destroying all of my shoes. Um, so the ethical slut, 
Uh, is first copyrighted in 1997. Although I feel like maybe there was an earlier, but anyway, um, it was considered a very radical text that came out. Uh, the quick description on the back of the book is at last a comprehensive, no holds barred guide for anyone who dreams of having all the sex and love and friendship they want. Here are the skills you need for successful and ethical sluthood. From scheduling dates to handling jealousy, finding partners to resolving conflict, raising children to caring for your health. If you've ever envisioned a universe beyond traditional lifetime monogamy, this is the book for you. Wow. You should go on the road and just introduce (laughs) this book to people. I was really hitting my stride in that. I felt it. It was great. Thank you. You were like, uh, what's his face? Robin, uh, what's his face from Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? Robin Leach. Yeah. I did want to slip into some sort of British accent, but I tried to just keep that it. That wasn't? I thought I thought no, it was. if I went British. Oh, this is all timey 1920s? At last, a comprehensive no-holds-barred guide for anyone who dreams of having all the sex and love and friendship they want. They would really focus on the friendship, I feel like. Friendship. <laughs> like, Who, Brits or yeah, what? because I feel like the Brits are not like really getting crazy in the sack. What do you know? I don't know anything. You don't know anything. I make stuff up. Exactly. You tell well, there stories. Is a lot of, there is a lot of... Um, well, Puritanism began yeah, yeah, in like religion. England. Yes. Uh, what is, what is Anglo-Saxon sure. waspiness? Sure. Sure, 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 sure. I mean, I think they suffer probably from the same things we do. Yeah. So... Which we're about to get into. Yeah. So we love, we've just loved the bachelor bachelorette for years. And then a few years back, this side project show came out where all the, like not even the rejects, a lot of the winners of the show, not winners, but a lot of people from the show get sent to this paradise Island uh, in Mexico where they're, uh, there's a group of them to just like openly date each other. Well, and it actually started off as the bachelor pad. That was what predated bachelor in paradise, which was much more of like a road rules, real world challenge type show mm. where they had like dumb little things that they like games that they had to do. And they were immediately teamed up. So then it was like about winning this money with your teammate, but then maybe also you fall in love with the teammate. And they did it at the Bachelor Mansion. Sounds so complicated. It, I think it was, which is why they transitioned into Bachelor in Paradise and just like got out of this whole like, we're going to make them do uh, physical fitness tests like in the middle of the outdoor area of the Bachelor Mansion. Yeah. Um, and real quick, is Bachelor the gender is that a non-gendered term? Like No, it's male. Is it like, so the name of this show is Bachelor in Paradise. Is it only referring to the men? Like it's paradise for just the men? No, I mean, I think that Bachelor is like the original name of the franchise. Yeah, So The Bachelor. Yeah, and like The Bachelorette. I mean, it is certainly a patriarchal system that yeah. is a full nightmare. And, and there were several has, seasons of The Bachelor before there was The Bachelorette. I don't know about Chris, several, but... Has Chris Harrison been the host since day one? Yes. Wow. That guy. They've shown clips of the early days, too, and, like, the fashions were just <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and you mean that in a 
in a sarcastic way, I assume. Correct. Hun. What what are Correct. we what what were the differences? Just even worse suits? Like even worse Oh, terrible suits. Like the women, like very like late nineties, early two thousands fashions, mm. like a kitten heel and like Meow. some weird bangs and like it's just you it just looks very dated. Yeah. You know? Um a world before a lot of plastic surgery on 20 somethings. Yeah. You know, some yeah. people just looking their age. Yeah. Although in this world, everyone always looks older to us. Yeah. Because they're wearing so much makeup and like dress up clothes all the time. Yeah. Now, I just want to take a second to defend this show. Some people might be listening mm. and thinking, why are they watching this garbage? I don't know if it what needs to be defended, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to defend the show, but I want to defend our, our, our choice to watch. Okay. Uh, it's fun. All right. It's fun. <laughs> That's okay? it. That's it. I'm texting with my neighbor, Brian, about the show. Yep. Yep. I'm talking to you. It's it's one of the glues that keeps our marriage together. We, okay. We love talking That's about this stuff. some new information. <laughs> it's good time for us to like sit on the couch and cuddle and watch TV. It's nice. It's nice. And um, you were not watching it before me, right? I watched a season of The Bachelor with Claudia. Back oh, in the day. all right. Andrew so, Firestone season. Wow. Yeah. That's a I mean, very I, old season. I don't remember watching it religiously. I just yeah. remember what, knowing what was going on. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm sure Nicole and I, we might have dipped in and out. I'm not sure. I don't remember much. We dipped in. We dipped out. Yeah. This you were doing Project Runway with her mostly, right? Yeah. And uh, Sober House oh. with Dr. Drew. Oh, an intervention also. Yes. And I'm like drunk. Being Those were like, the heydays of intervention yeah. too. And I'd be bombed watching it. Yeah, of course. Like, man, these people need to get help. Yeah, me too. I hope they, I hope they get what they Like they hung over and stoned out of my mind being like, these people are fucked up. Yeah. Um, anywho, we're not talking about that yeah. today. So Bachelor in Paradise kicked off like six days ago, last Monday. And man, oh man. It, it started at a sprint. I mean, all <laughs> the did, drama right away. We had Blake from whose season? Um, Kate, uh, no, Caitlin. Amy, Jen. No. <laughs> Shut up for a second while I think Becca. Yes, Becca's season. Yeah. Ari's reject, right? Correct, yes. And for those of you who don't know how the show works outside of Bachelor in Paradise, certainly in the past few years is like, they, they, it's like incestual. Like they continue people from previous seasons, which is like how they kind of hook the audience. Yeah. Cause you're like invested in this person's storyline yeah. as they become the bachelor, or the bachelorette. Like next year, like the bachelorette just ended. Yes. Yeah, so Hannah's be a season just now. ended. She chose, who did she choose? Oh, she chose uh, Jared. Who, no, Jed. Uh, Jed. And then they didn't work out already. Like immediately. So now next season's Bachelor, since it'll be a guy Which season. Which they haven't announced yet. Will probably be somebody who was in her top Peter, three we to think. five. Peter. That's our bet. Peter the pilot. Peter the pilot. They love a pilot on this show. I mean, I liked Peter too. He had condoms everywhere. He's also like a very non-threatening Ken doll California type. Yeah. That it's like he's handsome, but he's not like fucking smoking and he has like a little boy haircut he's got a little boy haircut little boy face he looks a lot like a friend of mine from high school and college that oh, yeah, yeah. i'm fairly certain doesn't listen but if anybody knows him his name is christian <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought you were gonna say if anybody knows him, don't tell him I said this. Oh no, you can go right up to him and be like, I was listening to Ross's podcast. And then just be like, just chips. <laughs> Inside joke for no one except for this other person who's probably not listening. Mm-mm, just chips. Just chips. Okay. Uh so yes, <laughs> the show started. Blake from Hannah Se- Becca Becca's season uh shows up just looking to find a connection that's what the, so yeah, yeah everybody shows up to this island they're all looking for a real connection yes they're all looking for a potential partner for life well and this show as opposed to the regular show like i think it actually has a higher success rate maybe not higher maybe not higher but there is a success there rate. is a success rate there have been a couple like two couples in recent history that are married and have children from this show so they're like name dropped a lot as like it's possible like tanner and what's her face tanner and jade jade and tanner jade and tanner and, and then evan and uh, carly evan and carly which yeah. i'm like that was a pity marriage right there yeah <laughs> i feel like annalise this season might be the pity something i think she's getting other. booted or maybe she'll just take a kayak out into the middle of the ocean and <laughs> sink herself to the bottom of the sea. Oh God. So basically the past few seasons have skewed younger. Yeah. So there's like a mix of way too young 20 somethings that are like looking for partnership or whatever. And then there's like old people like us that are like coming in that were like on uns- like there's one guy named Chris who's literally been on a different form of this show six times. I thought it was four times. I think it's yeah, six. That's crazy. And he and supposedly he's only 32 which I do not fucking believe. But he is a restaurateur so that will age a person. Right? Is I he know, a chef? But no he's like owns restaurants. Yeah. I'm like where are you getting your capital Chris? Probably from Instagram. Mm. Um, But he like announced that he was in retirement like a few years ago and now he's like I'm back baby. Retirement from a reality TV show franchise. Yes but now he thinks you know he's given it enough time and it's it's worth another go. Yeah and I guess this is a good place to talk about the fact that this there is this underworld of bachelor and bachelor adjacent participants who all know each other on social media. They go to these events together. Yes. Uh, They're like DMing. They're going to music festivals. It's very, (laughs) which I've talked about before on previous episodes, but for any of those new listeners out there, um, this show is a real life demonstration of a cult. Like we're all watching a cult unfold. Okay. And that is, to me is a part of my interest. Uh, but it's like, it's gone to this place because of social media where they're all dating each other offline and offline. <laughs> what they, am they, I? All, they all like research each other before yeah. they ever have met. Yeah, so there's yeah, yeah. people arriving to this Island and people are like, Oh, I came here to meet you. Yeah. Whereas like, in the past it was like, everybody was a stranger. Like yeah. everyone was just meeting for the first time, but it's like, now it's become this thing where it's like, <laughs> So they kept talking about this, what I assume to be horror show of music festivals named Stagecoach. Oh yeah. Well, that's a West Coast country music festival. Kill me. Kill me. Going to Stagecoach, bro. Throw, like throw me on the Stagecoach and just fucking let loose. Let that wagon wheel run <laughs> over my skull yes. several times. And they kept talking about how there were all these people from the show that were at stagecoach and like people were hooking up and shit, yeah. you know? And so there's a lot of that going on, 
And before the show even starts. Before the like, you would have to taping. You would have to be on all the gossip blogs and magazines to know all the context. Like we don't even know. Yeah, who we knows can't. Who. We can't get into too much of that minutia. Yeah, minutia. So show starts. Blake arrives, and he's just everybody's all over Blake. <laughs> he's got so much female attention, which I do not understand. And I can relate to that. You know, it's oh, no. Listen to this, motherfucker. Just kidding, of course. But oh, you're not. There are people. There's a bit of truth. There are people out there in the real world who can have whatever lady they would like to have. And oh, hello, lady. I'd like to have you. <laughs> they could they could hook up with whoever they wanted to hook up with. And now in 2019, we have the tools to do it. We have these textbooks, The Ethical Slut. Yes. We have language. We have podcasts to refer to. Good segue, hon. So Blake could, in some world, show up to Bachelor in Paradise, to the island, and say, hey, I'm here Yes. I don't know. What What do you think he could have opened with if he knew he wanted to just kind of make out with girls on the beach, go on dates, kind of keep his options open? Well, I don't think he would ever be able to do this in this world. Yeah. <laughs> but if he were in some fictitious reality, uh, he could come in and be like, you know, I'm not necessarily looking for a monogamous relationship. I'm like open to seeing, using their language, what kind of connections we can create. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be really honest with people. And I'm, you know, I want to like, I am interested in connecting with people, but I like to connect with more than one person. This seems like a good opportunity to like see how that goes. Yeah. But it's all going to be out in the open. And I want to like, feel as if it's like a consensual two-way street with whomever I'm getting involved with. Yeah. What Can if he, you imagine? <laughs> what if he went even further and he was like, also, I just want to put it out there that I enjoy casual sex uh, mm. and it, I, I enjoy sex as an activity. It, it is a way I like to connect with other people. Um, I enjoy it. Uh, I like role play or I like... Yeah, he I, just I, goes I like, straight. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Like then this is in his entrance interview with Chris Harrison. Chris Harrison's like, so Blake, how have things been since you were on Becca's season? He's like, well, Chris, I am, uh, I'm not necessarily here for a monogamous relationship. Also, uh, I'm heavily involved in BDSM yeah, and I'm, I brought a ball gag that I would like to wear. I've investigated some CFNM parties and I yeah. really like the way it makes me feel. And I'm looking to see if maybe there is some sort of, uh, woman here for me that is into dominance. Yeah. So, all right, Blake, we'll have a good time. <laughs> so, of course, this is not what happened. No. Uh, Blake showed up. That language is all beyond the scope of anything that these people can yeah. think of. And also, I guess we should mention, like, the average age of many of these people is, like, 24, 25 to 29, maybe. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple 30-plus old people. And there's a, I think there's a couple, like, 20 no I guess maybe everyone's like 24 and above I don't yeah. think there's any 20 well no because I think Demi's 23 and she's our favorite she's like yeah. the cool one she's like the most open-minded mm. and it's funny I remember on her she was on Colton season right with Colton who's a fucking virgin for whatever reason closeted is our theory uh but Demi right from the jump was like was owning the fact that she's a promiscuous person. That was the word that she used to describe herself and that she likes having sex and 
Yeah. Like she seems like she is smart and has a good head on her shoulders about it, honestly. Like, because yeah. we've had other characters in the past that have like severe drinking problems and they're hooking up with everybody. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's not coming from a place of like, I like to have sex and that's like a positive experience. It's like, yeah. I'm a fucking drunk and I'm like filling a void. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at you, Corinne. Looking at you, Corinne. Hope you're doing okay. <laughs> from Nick Vial's season. Oh God. He's the worst. And he's still single. He's another one that I feel like will never just say these things, even though that's the life he wants, you know, like. Well, cause it's also like as we can say here, I feel like there's a, a good, there's a good bit in here. Oh, so here is a, a little section in the ethical slut about ethics specifically. And here it says ethical sluts are honest with ourselves and others with ourselves mm -hmm. and others. Okay. We take time with ourselves to figure out our own emotions and motivations and to untangle them for greater clarity when necessary. Then, then we openly share that information with those who need it. We do our best not to let our fears and bashfulness be an obstacle to our honesty. We trust that our partners will go on respecting and loving us warts and all. Potentially literal warts and all. Yes. <laughs> and so this, I think, uh, points to a level of self-reflection that I'm not sure anyone in this universe is capable of. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and they're missing out. It's too bad because like leading with honesty and kindness kind of, you kind of can't go wrong. Like you could, if you, if, if Blake showed, so I guess we should just outline yeah. what happened. Yeah, so yeah, Blake, yeah. Blake showed is up, a good example of how not to do this. Yeah. Uh, he shows up. He immediately takes an interest in, was Tasia first? He's, he's, she is who he invited on his date. I think, right? so there's a few players here, right? A few players. Blake. He's but first, a, let's list them in order real quick. Just top line. He went out with Tasia. <laughs> yeah. And then he went out with. He hasn't gone out. Oh, with, no, no. He went out with Tasia and no, there was another stop, girl present. Stop, stop. I just want to get to the fact that there were four girls I'm at gonna, play. I'm going to outline it in a better way okay. than you. All right. You do it. Now people, they're going to wait 10 minutes to get the conclusion. Great. Of, well, if you would shut up, then they wouldn't have to wait any longer, would all they? Right, all right. Predating the show, Blake had relations with Christina. Also, Kaylin. They both show up at the show. Blake then asks Tasia on a date, mm -hmm. but is also courting Hannah G. So we have Christina, Kaylin, Tasia, Hannah G. Christina, Kaylin. Though they are at the show, the relations happened pre-show. At Stagecoach. At Stagecoach. Within like 12 hours of each other at Stagecoach. Correct. So then he, but we get the vibe that really he's after Hannah G, who is like a really sort of creepy looking like Barbie Cupid doll sort of situation. She looks like a Target uh, pre-teen clothing rack model, like a mannequin. <laughs> Yes. At Target, you know? <laughs> yeah, like it's With that very, little button nose, but no other features. It's very, like, unrealistic. She actually looks kind of like a young Meg Ryan, but I feel like Meg Ryan actually looked 
more like a real human. Than or she looks does. a little bit like a Bratz doll. You yeah, remember those? It's, a, it's very, it's very doll like, and yeah. her limbs are very praying mantis. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, everybody's really into her because she, like, has all of the things that society says is gorgeous. Did you say Disney princess already? No, but yeah, yes, like very total Disney princess. Disney princess vibe. Big eyes. Like cute little button nose is very like, I don't know. Like, yeah. you someone know, save me. Whimsy, yeah. yes, whimsy and damsel, whimsy. damsel in distress, but like not quite in distress. But everybody's very interested, right? Blonde hair, blue eyes, the whole deal. Um, apparently, he was DMing Hannah G also before the show. Yeah. So then, come to the show, Blake gets a date card because the producers love setting up failures and drama. He suddenly asks Tasia on the date. Out of left field. And everybody's like, what? Do you think that was like a weird nag of Hannah? That is a theory I've heard. I'm a podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That is a theory I have heard that it was like, I know I'm very into this one person, but let me see if actually I am or not. Mm. So in that way, maybe he was like, before he goes all in on this one person, because that's the language they use is like, well, I know I'm interested in this person. I'm all in. Yeah. Or am I, cause I think it, the show is, is it a month or is it two weeks? I don't know. Oh God, I can't be two weeks. It's gotta be longer, right? Yeah. If you stand to the end. Yeah. And, and by the end of it, they really do seem like they just want to like walk into the ocean. Some of them. <laughs> if they like, don't get engaged, like which last, some of them do, which is season, crazy. Was that Grocery Joe or whatever his name was? Grocery Store Joe. Yeah. yeah they're still was, together. That was last season though? I think so. Yeah. Because that poor guy and his, that relationship, it was like by the end of that trip, it was like really like murder suicide status. But that's what's interesting too, because um, on that previous season, Kendall. Oh, who, no, I'm, not, I'm thinking of the wrong person. I'm thinking of the Canadian guy. Remember the Canadian guy? Oh God, yeah, they're still together too. Him and Astrid. So they did stay together. They did. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was having like real problems. Well, because I think he is probably too much of a person living in the world mm-hmm. <laughs> and then came on the show and was like, yeah. this is insane. Yeah. Like, I think that people that are not completely living their lives on Instagram 24 seven can't handle yeah. that world. Yeah. And just being, I think he was like our age. Yeah. So he's not like a, a youth yeah. who is like, what this craziness is like totally normal and fucked up and we all accept that. Yeah. You know? All right, back to Blake. So back to Blake. Blake's first mistake was not hooking up with two girls at the same music festival. Mm-hmm. It was, um, it sounds like being kind of like a manipulative creepazoid. I don't know. Maybe there's worse words to use, but he hooked oh, up with he was one a girl. Real creepazoid. Hooked up with one girl, which is going to happen, and then the next night hooked up with the other girl and said to her please let's not talk about this. Like maybe this was a mistake. However, I'm here with some breaking news. Oh, because wow. I, li- <laughs> because I listen to other podcasts. Really the other podcast I listen to is, will you accept this rose? Which is a hilarious like comedians take on the show. Um, apparently during the airing of that episode, he was doing screenshots of texts between him and Kaylin that made her look like 
the villain in the scenario that she was like, I just want sex. Like, let me come over. And she was the one that said to him, we can't talk. We can't tell anyone. She said, I just want sex. Let me come over during stagecoach or during during stagecoach. Like basically begged him to come over and fuck him. And he was like, no, no, no. I don't think it's a good idea. Like was trying to be the nice guy. And then she like insisted that she come over. So he was screenshot sharing these photos of these texts during the airing of that episode because he's like in such a state over how bad he looks on the show. Um, But also... Kaylin does not have a great reputation from her season kind of being like a manipulative liar, as we know. But who the fuck knows? Honestly, I kind of feel like everybody is to blame in this (laughs) scenario. Like, I don't really trust any of them. And I feel like all of them are just sort of like insecure 20 something nightmares that like don't know what they're doing. And hey, I definitely had some shady text conversations or or negotiations with Everyone's people doing it wrong at that age you know yeah and, and younger like just like super kind of not cool stuff. and he still let her come over and they still had sex you know what i mean so it's like he's complicit like yeah. how it all went down is and if she was lying about it I, i'm sort of like She sounds like a very troubled young woman who like really needs to work on herself. Yeah. Read this book, The Ethical Slut, go to therapy. (laughs) I mean, at the, the one troubling thing was like Blake at one point during the show says like, you know, we, we, we did sleep together the next day. We were both like, wow, this is a mistake. Like even she, even like, I think she was definitely like basically speaking for her. Yeah. Also, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, eh, just only talk about yourself in well, this case. And I think, um, you know, it, I'm sure alcohol was involved in these scenarios and who knows who remembers what accurately, yeah. probably no one. Yeah. Um, I think he was more dating Christina and more hooking up with Kaylin. Mm. Um, But also a fact that I think is shady as fuck is that when they arrived, uh, when Kaylin and Christina arrived at Bachelor in Paradise, he fucking ran and hid. Oh. Remember that? No. He like saw they were coming. I think he did it for Kaylin. He saw her come down the stairs and he fucking bolted and like a camera like a pretty high up camera caught him like in this space being like oh god oh god oh god oh god like what am I gonna like to himself like he was by himself he ran off to a space by himself and was like oh god oh god oh god I don't like, remember that do? that's insane <laughs> so I'm like okay like yeah. what what are we what are we afraid we're getting caught doing because then when she confronted him later he was like I had no idea you felt that way and it's like you did it because you fucking ran off when you saw her face and that doesn't seem like if everything was cool. Yeah. So like what could you have done differently? Like a show aside, I would say at Stagecoach. Um, I can't believe we've said Stagecoach this many times. Now. At, at Stagecoach, he's, he sleeps with Christina. But if he was dating her, was he there like on, on the trip to Stagecoach with just Christina and then he like went and secretly. We don't know. Uh, well, I guess, I guess what I he could have done. There's a lot of ghosting happening. What too. he could have done differently, even before Stagecoach, <laughs> even before the music festival, 
<laughs> was uh, if he was dating Christina, just say like, hey, by the way, like Paradise is coming up. Stagecoach is coming up. Like, I just want you to know, like Stagecoach, man. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how I would have said that back in the day. Like, because like our journey didn't begin until we were so committed to each other yeah. and married yeah. that it's like such a different conversation. I don't know how a guy would have this conversation if he's just like casually dating somebody like, no, Hey, by the way, like I really dig you and I want to keep dating you. But, um, I, I think I do want to keep meeting other people. Yeah. Is that cool with you? And then the answer is probably no, but like right. at least he would have asked the question. Right. Well, I think, yes. And I think also like, the the type of communication that is required as an ethical slut is so beyond like normal understanding of like how we should communicate with each other while dating like and i say normal in the sense of like what society has taught us right which i don't actually believe is like helpful or healthy like yeah like i don't he would never even have the dialogue to like say any of this and I think that and us in our 20s like we didn't have it yeah you know there's so much like ghosting and avoidance and just like I'm just not gonna deal with that Mm -hmm. like I'm not gonna deal with that I'm not gonna talk to this person that's too hard it's too much it's too scary Mm -hmm. so I'm just gonna like it wasn't it wasn't monogamous like it wasn't committed and it's also like when you're committed to somebody you're monogamous right it's not like you can be committed to somebody while also dating other people. You're saying that's true or that's the assumption? That's, that's, that's assumption the notion that, that is yeah. in our culture, yeah. right? Is that yeah. like to be committed to somebody is monogamy and to not be committed means you can do whatever you right. want and keep information from people and like not consider their yeah. feelings and be like, well, I never told them I was monogamous. So like right. I can completely disrespect you and like not be a stand up person because yeah. we never discussed commitment. Yeah. And I can omit any of this information because right. you didn't ask. And, right. uh, and it never came up. It, it never came up. It never came up that I'm active on four different dating apps. Exactly. And, and then it's like the juxtaposition to it is that these, we're just going to stay within this world, but that this world is forcing the idea down their throat that like, monogamy and great love and you know disney princess type shit is the goal yeah right so if you're not headed there then where are you headed yeah many of them go with this attitude like it's kind of in the last handful of seasons of the bachelor it's like assumed that by the end of yeah. the thing, somebody's going to propose to yeah. somebody else. And like, that's the goal. It's of the even whole less thing. time than the regular. Well, it's interesting actually, because it, it's technically a shorter taping, but I, these people are actually spending more time with each other than the, like the regular bachelor, bachelorette contestants. Yeah. You oh know? yeah. On paradise. Like they're yeah. actually spending more quality time together than yeah. the regular show. Yeah, and but many of them are like there with this attitude of like, I really want to find my person. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, what? So actually, let me flip back. Um, there's to the a myths section. There's a myths section. Of the ethical slut. And uh, the number one myth to me, I thought I dog-eared it, hon. There's a lot of dog ears in there. Oh, my God, hon. Oh, here we go. Okay. Uh, the myth number six 
swept away by love. All right. That could be the title of The Bachelor yes. in Paradise. <laughs> and this chapter. Well, so this book was um, written by two people, Dossie Easton and Catherine A. Litz, um, who I believe are still, you know, living a poly life. Uh, and they say Hollywood tells us that, quote, love means never having to say you're sorry, end quote. And we fools that we are believe it. This myth has it that you're really in love with someone you never have. Oh, if you're really in love with someone, you never have to argue, disagree, communicate, negotiate, or do any other kind of work. It also tells us that love means we automatically get turned on by our beloved and that we never have to do anything to deliberately kindle passion. Those who believe this myth may find themselves feeling that their love has failed every time they need to schedule a discussion or to have a courteous or not so courteous disagreement. They may also believe that any sexual behavior that doesn't fit their criteria for quote unquote normal sex from fantasies to vibrators is quote unquote artificial and indicates that something is lacking in the quality of their love. I mean, yeah, they really should be reading this book. It's a trap. It's like a trap. We've been programmed into a trap that leads to dissatisfaction and confusion and resentment and fear an obsession, an I mean, obsession with an ideal that doesn't exist. Yes. Uh, and yeah, they all, they all show up like the guy that came back for his sixth season <laughs> out of retirement. He's like, this will be the one. Well, and these are all people too that are sort of entangled with this form of fame too. So it's like everything about this experience is intoxicating, I would say. Right. It's like they're experiencing fame. They're maybe getting some money out of it. Uh, They're like going on other shows. They're meeting other people that live in that are like a part of this world. They're actually getting intoxicated a lot of the times, like in various places, stagecoach, paradise, what have you. Um, And yeah, it's all it's all just so heightened and intoxicating. I feel like I would have a full-blown panic attack meltdown yeah, in any like, of these scenarios. I mean, poor BB at the end of the last episode. I know. She's like like it looked like Bibiana. she had, had been traumatized. Which uh, she had. I mean, I'm yeah. sure it is trauma there. Like yeah. it's So like in these these situations too, like in every bachelor situation they are completely secluded from everything that they know. They're not allowed to look at their phones. They're not allowed to watch TV. They're not allowed to communicate with friends and family. Uh, from what I've heard, they're not even allowed to read books. Like there is no escape from <laughs> this reality. Hence the cult belief I have. Yeah. So you're just like in this bubble, like struggling to find somebody to, create some sort of life with, I suppose. And that's, that's what they, that's the lie they've been sold on the show. And so when it's not working, these people have fucking meltdowns. Yeah. And they, they, it's like a regression into like that thing of like, when you go to a party in high school and you're like, nobody's talking to me, nobody likes me. They almost hate me. Oh my God, I'm worthless. I should go kill myself. Like, And you literally can't even go like, listen to music, read a book, like just do something to be like, Oh, I just need to like get out of my head for a little bit. It's like, no, you can't. Yeah. You live here now, bitch. Yeah. 
and everyone's obsessed with Blake. And he's getting in trouble. Who's like the most normcore looking dude I've ever seen. Like, yeah, they're well, he's the Disney prince, like the shape of his head. He's got that I block guess. head. <laughs> like he was wearing some really intense gym shorts too yeah. on the beach. He did like a few push ups and like a pair of fucking mesh shorts. And I was yeah. just like, no. So at Stagecoach, let's say he said to Christina, like, hey, I'm going to this festival. I'd kind of like to keep my options open. I think it'd be fun to, like, hook up with some people. Are you okay with that? Let's say in the off chance, mm. she said, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Go, ha- go have a good time. And then he goes, and then Kaylin starts texting him, like, hey, I want that Blake D. Gross. Right? Yeah. Then. That, like, pink D. Then what would. <laughs> that's our color. That's what they look like. Okay. <laughs> But I'm thinking of his being like, I don't know. Just real pink and Yeah, just fleshy. Like, like gross. Like, because he's like hairless like and loose, teenage-like. Loose skin. I don't know. Doesn't sound appealing. It's like a man's dick. Well, not even like veiny, just like perfectly smooth, like a rubber dildo. Yeah, and he like probably like trims his pubes entirely. So it's just like a baby. Yeah, he dips his dick in like weightlifting pre-workout formula. <laughs> Although he's not roided out like a lot of them, but... Yeah, he was a little soft, right? He's not soft, but he's lean. Yeah. Uh, so so Chris, let's say Christina gives him permission, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Kalen starts texting. And at that point, he would say, it's funny, you're texting. I was just talking to my kind of girlfriend. I'm kind of seriously... I'm seeing regularly. I'm seeing somebody regularly right now, and I just talked to her about this, and she gave me permission, but you should know that I'm, you know... That's my relationship right now. And yeah. I'm that's what of, I'm focused on. I'm kind of interested in her. And, you know, if you really want to just like play or whatever, whatever <laughs> creepy word you want to use. <laughs> By the way, I hate all the terminology with this shit. I know. I do, too. I hate play. I was Ugh. just I was just chatting with somebody in uh, Pennsylvania on one of the apps. Oh, just, look at her. Just for fun, you know. By her, I mean you. And this is just uh, on Tinder, just chatting and nothing, nothing more. And, you know, it says in my profile that I'm married and. I was like, explaining. come on down to my motel room, baby. <laughs> my car's right outside. I open the doors right there. <laughs> Making fun of my motel. Uh, I ain't got no closet. I can hang up your coat right here. But yeah, I was saying like you have a boyfriend and I I have like some, Lavas. some people I see Lavas. Uh, and very kind of very occasionally. And uh, and I was like. I was like, I think play partners is the technical term. And I put that in quotes yeah. and I just hated, I just hate yeah. the way it looks, the way it sounds, the, what, what it's referring to. Like, I know it's like, I like lovers better, honestly, friends with benefits. I, I remember hearing the word lovers the first time in earnest in college. I had a professor who's a lesbian and I remember her saying like, you know, I, I, I she was my lover at the time and uh, blah, blah, blah. And I just remember thinking like, Ugh. I know like, it, but it, now I like lover. It felt like hearing a parent say my lover, you know? <laughs> well, because it was always those people that use yeah. that word. I mean, there's a whole like old school SNL sketch, right? With Rachel Dratch and Will Ferrell where they're the professors yeah. and they talk about the lovers. Yeah. The lovers. Lo- well, I mean, we, and I think that's why we say lovers loving. I actually don't, didn't know about that. Oh my, have you just, never seen I was that? Just yes anding you. Have you never seen that sketch? I don't think so. Oh I assume they're God. in silk robes. No, they're always in hot tubs. Oh, and they oh, invite yeah, yeah, people yeah, yeah. over, yeah. and they're just like, "Well, I was with my lover," yeah. and they talk about like they're they're 
characters well, are professors. That's, and that's like what we have in our heads. Well, and I assume we are now becoming that cartoon character <laughs> yes. couple to other people. And, and I don't like that. Like, I don't want our friends to be thinking about us in this way all the time. But I think that also has like the... And that's my own hang up. Well, no, I agree. And I actually think that's like a part of this podcast is like making fun of it. Like, I don't know if there's a lot of talk in that world that like makes fun of it itself. Like I'm a person that needs to like make fun of shit, even if I'm into it, because taking it seriously is just like not quite a real option. Like I'm all for like earnestness to some degree and obviously in communication and being respectful of people, but also like we're adults with multiple sex partners talking about play partners. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But, like, it's sort of a convenient term, too. It's like, sure. It, it makes the point, you but know. But let's not pretend that it's, like, cool. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely not cool. <laughs> and I think what I was trying to communicate with this woman was, like, uh, potentially, hey, potentially, like, I'm around for a couple of days. Uh, hey, I'm around. <laughs> um, Got this motel. Uh, I am married. My wife knows I'm on this thing. Like, I'm not like I'm not some creep trying to just like get a one night stand. Well, yeah, I guess yeah, it is yeah. trying to get a one night stand, but like, it it's like here's all the information, and yeah. this I'm giving you all the information you need to know to be able to like decide whatever. Uh, so so that's what Blake could have done. He could have said to Kaylin in that text, like, well, I'm dating this other person. So if you're still cool with that, then, yeah, let's let's have a good time. Yeah. And then afterwards say uh, that was fun. Whatever. I guess I'll see you at Paradise Island and we'll see yeah, what maybe happens. Maybe we'll next. see each other there. Yeah. Like not. And if we do, like, what do we think? Like, how will it be? And it's like there's this, obviously it's transparency, but it's also like. What I'm what I'm enjoying about this journey we're on is like oh my god we're using bachelor language we're on the journey <laughs> this journey uh, we are being very transparent but it's transparent with boundaries also yes. like I don't expect you to t- I don't first of all I don't want to know everything about your no. whole life uh, but I also I'm not like uh, I'm not owed every detail and I'm not. Mm-mm entitled to it and I appreciate uh, that honey and it's like um a healthy boundary for me to just not know all of it so it's like transparency with boundaries I guess yeah Uh, and and I think like Blake trying to micromanage what people were going to find out about him and Kaylin at Stagecoach is the opposite of that like him trying to manipulate her and like control what information she shared or didn't share or whatever it's just so weird yeah and it's like Dude, just just like, I don't know, be up front, you know? Well, I think there's also this intoxicate. I'm really overusing that word, but there's an intoxicating element, too, of like when there's a couple people that are interested in one person, this person starts to get this aura of like, oh, my God, this person like Blake is so hot. And like he's like the hottest guy on the beach. And like, of course, multiple women are going to be interested in him. Meanwhile, they're like, what's that other guy? Wills, not Wells. Wells is the bartender, yeah. right? So he's like pouring liquor from the yeah. well. Wells. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wills is this like hot black guy who's got like cool hair and Hipster. dresses really cool. And like, like you're more interesting, like 
looking and seeming than like any other yeah. person there. Yeah, that objectively, Blake is not the hottest guy no. there. No, he's so boring. He's so like traditional, and I'm like, there's plenty of other people to like mingle around with, but like I think people can get really caught up in this idea of like, oh, there's this one person that yeah. everybody wants. And so everyone starts to like fall in yeah. line with this well, idea. And also producers sculpt all that. Sure, language. Of course. Like, there's a lot of like hyping him up. We can't and forget that. It really, which by the way, credit to them, they really did create quite a <laughs> great job. Y'all <laughs> quite a arc. The story arc was really like Blake's the fucking man. Blake's like living the dream. Like Blake, everybody thinks Blake's hot. Uh Oh, he might get in trouble. And then it's just like a devastating fall from grace. Like he really looks like a shithead by the end of episode two. Um, something that I read in here, but now of course I can't find it, uh, is they're talking about the idea that like one night stands are sort of this like, I don't know if acceptable is the right word, but it's like something we all know, right? Yeah. Is that like people have one night stands, but the idea of sleeping with your friends who you like love and respect, but maybe you just don't want a relationship beyond that. Like that seems crazy. Yeah. Right. And it's like, and I think that plays into this world too, of just like, there's so much sex negativity and like, pressure to find the one that pouring booze on top of it is like the only way that people can will sort of give themselves permission to like do other things. But then it's filled with regret, which is sort of like circling back to the one night stand idea. Right. Which actually could, we could unpack that whole idea around the way Hannah's season ended Mm. uh, because she did have sex with, it sounds like two of the guys uh, in her top four. Yes. Which, has I feel like has never been explicitly said out loud. Maybe it has. So, but either way, like it's pretty cool that she was just like, yeah, I had sex with these people and and a Christian. Can you believe it? Yeah, and and the one guy who had a big problem with it, she like told him off in a very powerful way. Very much and so. It, it felt very like uh, sex positive. And, it did. Uh, and, yeah, and just straightforward and like, yeah, like people adults are gonna have one night stands and it's they're not always a mistake like that's the thing i always like understood about it or was told on a societal level which then leads to the walk of shame the following morning yeah that it's a mistake to go to go do that right Um, as opposed to just like having some sex although it's such a double standard because for guys it's like yeah all right Right. and then for girls it's like oh that that sounds like a mistake that's why amber rose she took back the walk of shame you know research it people yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like explaining it <laughs> uh, so yeah what, I, I wonder why Blake did take out Tasha. maybe it was like this weird misdirect he was nagging Hannah who knows like get getting people off his scent like maybe it was a- but as we know Tasia, like those tits don't quit and she's sexy she's a little basic not in that world she's yeah, not yeah I mean just the fact that she's a person of color makes her not basic yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's a fucking like what's the word? Um exotic mm. in that context. Yeah, yeah for all you those, know. Cuz they're all from like Indiana and like they're either Colorado. All, they're all from the Midwest or they're all from California. Yeah. It's very rare that there's an East Coast person on there. Yeah. Certainly the, not New England. There there's guy, some Florida. There was one guy from Buffalo who had like a 
Was that Becca's season? Oh, also? the slick back. Yeah. He's with a former bachelorette, Caitlin now. That's hilarious. That this is the thing. They all it's like the in dating. Yeah. Yeah. I actually ended up on their Instagram not <laughs> long ago. And they've been together for a while now. They've got a golden retriever. They're posing with the dog. Wow. It's like a whole thing. Wow. But she was actually one of the Caitlin season, Caitlin Bristow. Uh, she was one of the few uh, I was about to say drag queens, different reality show, but kind of a drag queen. Yeah. Uh, who she slept with Nick Vial before the fantasy suite. Oh yes, uh, that was a controversy. That was a whole scandal. And then they all the guys were pissed at Nick for that too. I remember. Yeah, which is like so. What I why I even brought up this idea of talking about like open relationships and the ethical slut with the Bachelor and the Bachelorette is I was like saying to Patrick. None of these people realize that they're just all in open relationships and that it like doesn't have to be this insane. Like yeah. they could just be enjoying each other's company while having like honest conversations. But that is so much harder yeah. than it sounds. Right. And Like if they went in there with this mentality that, hey, we're all in an open relationship. They could be having so much more fun. Like if the bachelorette is out on a one-on-one date, they could just be back at the hotel, like sucking each other's dicks, you know? I mean, let's get fluid. Let's drink fluids. Let's (laughs) Let's, create fluids. Let's create fluids. Let's experience some new shit. And maybe not blowing each other, just at least group jack off sessions. I wonder if there is any stories of that. There's got to be one. Right? In all these in seasons. In all these seasons, there's got to be. Although the men who I have watched on screen on this show who I'm like, that guy might be closeted. They're so closeted and they're so there on a mission yeah. that like yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. way they would slip. I don't think. Yeah. They're like, like that I mean, guy, I'll fuck you, but like no homo, <laughs> yeah. bro. Well, that guy Jordan that I think is coming next week. Uh, oh, the yeah. The child actor looking kid. But I... <laughs> He does. He's so like, I was on silver spoons. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I don't know though, because I feel like if he was closeted, he wouldn't be so like vain and into himself. Yeah. But that could just be his, the overcompensation. I think he just has mental illness in general. Yeah. He, he's a only child. His mom was mentally on, yeah, on his well. mom was like like in an institution, I think. Yeah, and she's like, this is my real boy. <laughs> I'm going to create... She was just like slowly like combing his yeah, hair to the side. side. Part, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have a real boy. Like he's had the same haircut since kindergarten, you know? Oh my God. Look up Jordan or just wait for the next episode. I think he's coming. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to get too lost in the woods with Blake. So like, let's say you're a contestant on the show. You arrive and you're like, this is who I'm a polyamorous person. <laughs> uh, how would you approach your stay on, on Paradise Island? Like as I am now? I think... I've really I, I think, aged out. I but. think... I think a fictitious version of you. Like if this was your lifestyle before you met me and whatever. What I could, like I would, I mean, this is some vanity, I suppose, but I would love, and then I'll go back to your question to see a fucking like tattooed, hairy pitted woman, just like rolling up being like, I know what I'm here for. Yeah. I mean, it would never happen, but my God, wouldn't it just be amazing to watch? Yeah. There's like no tattoos on that show, right? Never. There's some bad ones on dudes. Yeah. I've definitely seen some tribals, certainly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I just, it would be so interesting to see like some self-possessed woman come in there and just be like, yeah, like be open about being like, I'm into sex. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, Demi is kind of like yeah. the first person we've had. Well, like that, that. And that was a kind of neat and thing. And she's like a child. And she's hooking up with a woman currently and she talks about that and she explains. And she won't embrace like any title, which I guess is very of her generation. She just claims to be fluid sexually. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see if they set her up for failure with that department. Well, you said you think they're going to bring the woman. No, I think there. we already, we've seen clips of her kissing a woman and we know that it's no cast me. But it could be some other person who does come to the island, like another cast person. I think they bring the woman there. So yeah, we'll see. But, uh, so what if I was, yeah, well, how would a person, how would a person armed with the principles of the ethical slut? navigate the world of of bachelor in paradise um i don't think they would go i think they'd go to burning man instead <laughs> but if they were to go um i think that you just like lead with the language of like sex positivity like i'm like i'm interested in meeting people and like seeing if our personalities make sense and do we make each other laugh but also is there sexual chemistry and like I'm not here to meet just one person mm -hmm. like I'm interested in going on dates seeing if there's good chemistry with people if it is just I'm with a one switch person. so I'm looking for a sub and a dom yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm not here to make friends exactly I don't know I think it's hard to, to talk about what language you would use in this world when that world is so it's just the opposite of that yeah. language, yeah. you know, uh, there's this cheeky couple pages here, uh, where it's a little mini guide called how to fuck up. And this is in the ethical slut. And I feel like every thing <laughs> in here. So it's a, jo it's a joke are things that people do on the show. So it says how to fuck up. We have the following guide of carefully tested methods for making mistakes in polyamorous relationships with proper application and ingenuity. These methods may impair or destroy monogamous relationships as well. They're truly multi-purpose tools. We post this listing for your consideration. <laughs> Number one lie. This is basic and effective to maximize bad results. Lie about something important to the other person or persons and arrange to be caught in the lie in such a way as to produce maximum shock. Uh, so Blake's lying all over the place. Yeah. He, yeah. He's doing this one. Yeah. We've seen other people. Li Jed lied all season long. All season. Hannah season. Long. With devastating results. I think there's also an element of it's it's fairly common that the guy is doing some lying and the women are believing them, right? It's this yeah. like very patriarchal setup sort of thing where they have the power in the situation. But I also think that it's like these, these types of men, generally speaking, have no faith in the fact that like women can handle the truth of whatever they're going through. Yeah. Like that they're like these sensitive, delicate creatures that like won't be able to handle it. So they have to be like shielded from it right yeah oh this one's kind of interesting uh number two avoid self-knowledge this is more elegant than strategy one as it combines a bold sweep of denial with sorties of distraction aimed at oneself oh beautiful this tactic is most effective when combined with tactics three and four 
Self-destructive or addictive behavior has also been found very effective in avoiding self-knowledge. Mm, when combined mm-hmm. with an endearing attitude of helplessness, this strategy has been proven efficacious in attracting rescuers or white knights on whom one can then practice strategies three and four in that order, uh, which are disclaiming responsibility and blame. Uh, God. So how to bless. fuck up number three, blame the other persons. If anything went wrong, hey, it must be their fault, right? This eliminates the need for messy things like communication and negotiation, which can be embarrassing, particularly if one is using strategy two. Uh, negotiation is such a great word in this because it has a negative connotation to mm-hmm. me, at least that when you're negotiating something, it's like somebody wants something the other person doesn't want them to have. And, uh, it's such a, like there are so on, on bachelor in paradise, there are so many negotiations that have to happen. And instead of just talking about them plainly, like the idea of a date card, the person is handed a card and they can take out anybody around them on a date it turns into this weird like who am i going to ask how am i going to ask mm-hmm. them like what is so and so going to think that i didn't ask them i hope i hope they ask me and not her or whatever and if they learned how to negotiate properly and just say like hey like i know we've been hanging out all day today but i actually want to take out jennifer because i i'm just curious about her i'd love to get I mean, to some, know her more some people do have those conversations yeah that where they like have spent a amount of time with people, but then they are made to feel very guilty for, for doing that, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like, everyone's talking and it's like, you know, the person, it's just like the whole dynamic is set up to cause drama. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's so many, there was one situation, several seasons, like several, several bachelor in paradises ago where there was a guy that was like messing around with tons of women. His name was Jesse. And then this sort of like, she didn't have tattoos or armpit hair, but she looked like she should. Mm -hmm. Like she was very like free spirit, hippy dippy California girl. And she came in and he basically tried to negotiate with her and another girl to have a threesome. Yeah. And the hippy dippy girl was like down. Yeah. But then this other girl that he had been sort of dating while there was like, I'm not fucking doing this. Like, what are you talking about? Which is fair. Like if you don't want to have a threesome, you shouldn't have a threesome. But it was like the first time that I sort of saw, like that's the first time I've ever seen that happen on there that it was like, why don't we try this out? But it was, it was so like, creepy and gross Mm -hmm. and he you know everyone's been drinking and it's like it's not like oh i'm planning a threesome it's like let me see if i can get these two girls to fuck me yeah yeah. (laughs) you know like but that was always burned in my brain though and that girl seemed very sex positive that she was like down yeah yeah it would be cool to see somebody go in there and like really shake things up with all this kind of language in a very positive way right like not yeah like not have it be like this like high drama character, but that is just like, I live my life this way. Yeah. Which I, there's a hint of that in Demi, but. And I'm so curious because certainly will, will before the rose ceremony with Blake, will Chris Harrison process any of this with him? I wonder. Mm, no, uh, cause they don't do much of that on bachelor in paradise. Yeah. They leave it to, themselves to process because now it's like blake is in this pit of shame he's like 
crying his eyes out at the end of the last episode. My about, life is going to be ruined. What are my friends and family? Because basically what happens is uh, Kalen comes out and says he manipulated me at stagecoach. Christina's like, yeah, he's a scumbag. Tasia's like, well, I'm confused. And then Hannah's like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And he's like got this last glimmer of hope. But uh, he's also like so ashamed of how he looks and um, what are my friends and family going to think? Uh, all this stuff. And, and, you know, I think regular people are like, yeah, fuck, fuck Blake. Like totally. what a piece of shit, whatever. Totally. He's using um, women and, you know, suddenly, you know, feminists come out when, I mean, not real feminists, but like, you know, women talk about being empowered yeah. when like they think a guy's a fucking scumbag. When he's a real dirtbag. Yeah. Um, when it's like everybody is a mess. Yeah. Honestly. And there's so many like sex and love addiction issues that are probably coming up for people. Just this like idealization and obsession with these people that will just be the answer to uh, everything they want in life. The show is banking on. Yeah. You know, (laughs) they don't want somebody like us to come in and like speak healthy language to people. (laughs) Yeah. Which I relate to, you know, like we, we went through all that together with reading that book attached. I mean, everybody, yeah. everybody on this show should have to read attached and the ethical slut yeah. before they get there. Yeah. But it would really be the downfall of this franchise. Yeah. <laughs> if that were the case. Yeah. They'd get no storylines because everybody would be like, yeah, well, I mean, I'm feeling hurt because, uh, Ross went out with that other guy. So, but I'm going to go like talk it out with my therapist um, (laughs) and hopefully this feeling goes away. I know this feeling's temporary. Right. So I guess, you know, yeah, I don't really want to talk about it anymore. Actually, I'm going to (laughs) maintain a healthy boundary. If that's okay, if we can turn off the cameras, I'd appreciate it. (laughs) Oh God. I'm trying to look. Oh yeah. Uh, Myth four. Jealousy is inevitable and impossible to overcome. Mm. Uh, Jealousy is without a doubt a very common experience in our culture, so much so that a person who doesn't experience jealousy is looked at as a bit odd or in denial. But the fact is that a situation which would which would cause intense jealousy for one person can be no big deal for another. Some people get jealous when their honey takes a sip out of someone else's Coke. <laughs> Somebody else's Coke. Oh, not that Coke. Others happily watch their beloved wave bye-bye for a month of amorous sporting with a friend at the far end of the country. Jealousy is common, but far from inevitable, which I guess, I mean, these are extreme examples, right? But it's like, that's something I feel like we, I think it's also the idea that like the impossible to overcome part is the part that interests me more that it's like, I, I think that I actually disagree. I do think jealousy is inevitable, like, but it's a spectrum, Yeah, you know, and that like, maybe it's inevitable, maybe it's not inevitable as time goes on and things are like really in place in terms of like openness and good communication. But I don't know. I think I still always have like a little bing. I get get a little twinge of jealousy. I got a little twinge. Which that kind of helps me remember that like I'm very in love and like I give a shit about like what you're doing and who you're out there with. But it's not, it's not this overwhelming feeling of like I'm pacing back and forth, pulling my hair out, like losing my fucking mind. I'm just like, Oh, Mm. and that it's something you can talk about. And like that, that's the other thing too. Right. It's like in this situation of paradise, which I mean, what a lie, right? What a lie. (laughs) So not paradise. What a lie. Uh, 
they could discuss that jealousy, but jealousy yeah. is thought of as like it's inevitable, but also a weakness, and you don't like talk about it, and yeah. like you should just be able to get over it. Like, and I, I, I feel like simple phrases. It in this whole thing that we've been going through, like sometimes I've found so much comfort in just saying the most simple thing to you. Yeah. Like I just sort of recently, maybe a month or two ago, something came up. I forget what exactly it was. And I just said, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> you were like, are you, is that, a, is there a problem? I'm like, I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly how I feel. Uh, I know I don't like it. Yeah. And like, like I need some time, but like, I know right now I don't like it. Yeah. And like that, has never been uttered on that show. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't think anybody's just been like it, to to a person's face. Yeah. I mean, anytime yeah. the real feelings come out, it's always in a confessional yep. interview. Yeah, but nobody's saying to the other person like, well, I guess they are sometimes. Like Hannah, Hannah, I toward the end of her season, she was saying some really powerful things to Luke and yeah. advocating for herself in a way that was really healthy and kind of great to. But watch. also, she was in the position of power, like yeah. in that show, so yeah. she was empowered to speak more directly yeah. and clearly whereas like the people who are competing for her they don't necessarily feel empowered to do that yeah yeah although men have a less hard of a time i think yeah well yeah i don't know what we achieved here but uh <laughs> i don't think this was about it's an hun, interesting this is not about orgasm it's not, it's not results based no it's not results based you can still have a good time without some sort of grand Results. I didn't need to like blow my load at the end of this. No. Okay. And I think what we're talking about is important that like, even though we're talking about this silly show and this interesting book together, things can be gleaned from both situations and, uh, and this reading. Yeah. We highly recommend the ethical slut, whether you're in a non-monogamous relationship or a monogamous relationship. I think there's a lot of good bits in here to just how you can be empowered in your relationship and feel good about the choices that you're making, which no one on Bachelor in Paradise is doing. Mm. Maybe Demi. Remains to be seen. I we'll, mean, we'll who, knows, who knows what happens with the rest of this season? It's true. And oh, it's going to be good because we are going to be judging the fuck out of these mm-hmm. basically children uh, and all the bad decisions they're making and all the high hopes they have and all the dreams that they think can be reality. But really it's just society lying to them. It's a fairy tale. No, it's not a fairy tale. It's a lie. (laughs) Well, fairy tales are stories and stories are lies. (gasps) Oh, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. Let us know what you think. By subscribing and rating and commenting. Yes, please. Also, come see me perform in Chicago. I'm uh, at some theater Saturday night. I'll put it up (laughs) on my website. Uh, It'll be in my calendar on my website. Eat a deep dish pizza and go see him crack some jokes. You know what I mean? Chicago. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Maybe that's the ending. It's me being like, bing, 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 bing.